Control Alt Delete with Miss Joel. Navigating your way through the social, local, and mobile tech talk on show 977. 709. Good morning, Mitch. Hey, Tara. How are you doing? Good. Did you get caught in that nasty rain yesterday? Willingly. <laughs> I actually went out in it. <laughs> Did you really? Wow. I, you know, we had a, we had a busy morning because it was nice. We were like in the park and doing stuff. We knew it was going to rain, and so I decided I got to go out and get a baguette and well, I got some used books. So yeah, I got yeah. Well, you're a brave guy. It was yeah. it was quite nasty. Uh, both Jess and I were saying yesterday we we felt like uh, the monsters because we were really glad it was raining. It didn't make us feel guilty about just being on the couch and watching football. <laughs> but I guess when you're also on on the when you're on the river like that, it probably feels more intense. Than yeah, when you're it was. More inland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty crazy. Hey, um, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the. Uh, just so you know, Mitch uh, sends me a note every Sunday to uh, uh, give me a couple of topics he'd like to talk about, and uh, this one I think is uh, not just about uh, the event business, but business in general. Um, you're, you're saying this was really stunning news to me when I read it last night, this business might take two to five years to recover the business that you're in. And, uh, you want to start by talking about the C2 Montreal event. Yeah. I mean, look, the the truth is what I do for a living is I get up in front of large groups from 500 to 10,000 people who are packed shoulder to shoulder, sitting in some sort of conference room, uh, event uh, room, and I, you know, when people say like, oh, you know, you've done well at taking it, I'm like, all that's fine and dandy. But like, I've had my professional career ripped away from me with no optics into when it's coming back. I don't know when I'm going to be able to travel to the States, get insurance, when conferences are going to come back online, when businesses are going to be comfortable sending their employees or their customers to somewhere, uh, all that liability. So it's been a you know a real a real thing for me. Yes, there has been the transition to virtual events, but it's very different. It would be like sort of comparing a live event to uh, broadcasting, and it's a very very different different world. So I'm doing a lot of virtual events. I don't want everybody to sob for me, but it's just a strange personal experience to have no idea when your career will come back online. And yeah, what we're hearing is this could be a two to four year recovery until we have that level of comfort. And so with that, we have a lot of events switching to the virtual world. One of them, one of the big ones that we've had here in Montreal is the incredible C2 event, the Creativity and Commerce event that was originally started by the uh, Sid Lee Agency and now has become its own entity and has done very, very well, both for the city and for businesses all over the world. It's really attracted a global audience. And, you know, this event takes place in May, so we thought it's done until 2021, but they came back and announced that they're actually doing an edition for 2020. They just announced it. It's called Resilience. And they've already announced three speakers, which have been, which are very impressive. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell will be speaking. Uh, Stephanie, who's known as Miss Harvey Harvey, who's an esports professional, for those paying close attention to that industry, and Gary Vaynerchuk, who is an entrepreneur, uh, marketing agency, sports agent, and all that sort of stuff. And that's going to be taking place, if I can find it quickly. October, what did I say here? October the 19th to the 30th. And it's a, it's a gig that you have to pay to attend virtually. Um, and I think it's a, a thing that we should support. If you're here in Montreal and support local Montreal businesses and entrepreneurs and networking, why not check it out? I will be checking it as well. Can uh, these uh, viral events make, make up the difference at all? Or is it just a, 
a Hail Mary pass kind of thing? Well, we want to call them virtual events because we call them viral events in a coronavirus world. It's okay. Good. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. So it's interesting because you do have more people potentially attending, right, because they're home and they can do it. Uh, the cost infrastructure can sometimes be very beneficial for some, but it's a very different model. I would argue that in the virtual space, it is a abundance model versus in the physical space, it's more of a scarcity model, right? It's like Mitch is speaking on September 14th at the Palais de Congrès one day only. It, uh, so, so there's that. And then the other massive impact is everything underneath it. When we think about tourism, we have to understand that Montreal tourism isn't driven by you and I having family visit and going to check out the oratory. It's the Palais de Congrès and these massive groups that are coming into the city every single week to take part in some event that really bolsters, bolsters the economy. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of, you know, office towers and coffee places and restaurants and, uh, you know, tour buses. And it just, the, the list goes on and on and on. And it's frightening when you think about the, uh, the impact that that's uh, having and continues to have on the city. And, and business travel as well, just like yeah. planes for Air yeah. Canada. I mean, they estimated that it's somewhere between a 2 and $5 trillion industry. So yeah. this isn't a, a joke, and this is going to have a huge impact on everything. Yeah. And I'd also make the argument that there's a lot of sort of uh, strategic byproducts when this collapses. And I think part of it has to do with what we've talked about consistently over the weeks, which is it's very hard to be innovative, creative, and to move forward as a business when you're not gathering and hearing from others and hearing from your competition and ancillary businesses. And when we strip this all away, uh, I, have a, I have a big fear. Like, I think we were in survival mode. I think now we're in sort of a sustained mode. But I worry about the strive part, which is really what we need to get the economy moving forward rather than just sort of sitting idle. All right, let's talk about this uh, documentary called The Social Dilemma. It came uh, to uh, my attention uh, yesterday. I was uh, on Facebook, and my friend Peppermint Patty, who's got two teenagers at her house, said, you've got to watch this thing. Uh, she talked about the, the power of this uh, documentary that is really about the dark side of social media, correct? Yeah, I mean, James Orlowski, who is the director, is sort of known to create these sort of paintings of, of a certain industry. And there's no doubt that there's no lies in this. There's nothing that I would look at and go, you know, hmm, I wish there was the other side. So for every sort of part that's terrible, we would have components of it that talked about how it's helped. And there are some sort of sprinklings of it in the interviews that they have. But he's basically taken a lot of major executives from the space who have left from your Googles and Twitters and Pinterests and really does pull together a sort of framework for what's happening behind the scenes in terms of your data, your information, how these platforms like Facebook and Twitter are engineered to be like a slot machine to give you that same feedback and how we're constantly sort of looking for that next hit and it understanding that the, the content that's going to push you to do that next hit and what's underneath it. And look, there's no information there that we haven't talked about over the seven plus eight years that we've been doing this every single week. But when you see it packaged together, when you see it under the sort of light of today's temperature and how people feel, it is a, another stunning indictment of these 
basically these unregulated monopolies that are controlling our behavior, what we see, how we interact, and how to get us to interact with it more. What's stunning to me, though, is despite all of these warnings, despite all of the the articles that are published, movies and documentaries like this are made, no, we can't go back. It doesn't matter what you tell people about, you know, uh, some of these uh, websites that are addressed in this movie. Uh, nobody, nobody's going to get off them. No, no one's going to put their phone down or, you know, close their Facebook account. Correct? It's, it's true. And I think you're sort of reaching the, the conclusion of the movie, which inevitably is, but we have to. And so yeah. if we're going to allow technology to change our behavior, are we willing to accept that? And of course, we shouldn't be. And so we have to acknowledge our behavior, uh, figure out the parameters by which we really need it, and then shift towards it. I mean, if we think about a dinner table and people constantly flicking through their social feeds, what is the benefit of that? Is it for work? Is it for school? Is it social? And again, it sort of you know, sort of traipses into the real problems, which is as it happens to younger and younger people, wow. we are seeing their self-esteem get impacted in dramatic ways. Yeah, and not just younger people. When a thousand people from Quebec traipse through the streets of Montreal, marching against the wearing of masks, f- uh, waving Trump flags, and chanting USA, USA, I'm sorry, I blame social media for that. I don't know. I don't know what Quebecers think they are going to do with an American election or what one has to do with the other. That To me, all of that was social media driven. And that yeah, to and me, I, that's not a good thing. Yeah, and I would say that it's more of the subtleness of how the content is shown and how it's emphasized or yeah. de-emphasized on each of our personal feeds that changes our behavior. And you're right. I think that if we could reverse time with a lot of these individuals and not show them this type of alignment of content – their perception and behavior might be dramatically different. And that's the point. It's very subconscious. We think we're in control. We're following, we're liking, it's us. But we're not seeing the games that are being played to show us the things that might change our actual behavior and psychology. All right, what's your app of the week, Mitch? So look, we are all stuck at home. You're talking about virtual events and a lot of us have to present. And I was very pleased to try out this piece of technology called Capture. And it's by the good people of Logitech, which are the people who build mouses and keyboards and stuff like that for computers. And basically, it's an all-in-one content creation software. But to, to say it more simply, if you have to create a video with some of your PowerPoint slides or whatever slides you use or another mm-hmm. camera, this is a very simple way to simply record yourself and some slides if you've got to pass something over to either your teacher or your boss or, or, or people on your team. And it really it works phenomenally, like better than some of the more sophisticated, very expensive video studio online equipment. It's called Capture. It's by Logitech, and it's phenomenal. All right, Mitch, thanks for this as always. We'll talk to you next Monday. Look forward to it, Terry. Have a great week. Thank you. All right, you, you too.